Go with me to Psalm 89, verse 26. Psalm 89, verse 26. Sean, I think, I think with most of you, if not all of you, I think after Saturday night, all of you are thinking firstborn, firstborn. Double portion. Double mouth. Amen. And uh, let's read the scripture here in Psalm 89 from verse 26. And I just want you to see, to see something here. Psalm 89 verse 26. You shall cry unto me, you are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Verse 27. Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. So I want you to see the connection there. The connection between verse 26 and 27. Calling God your father. And then he says, I will make you my firstborn. Amen. So, to, to get, to come into that firstborn identity, you must also know God as your father. Amen. And so today I'm going to start with the series that I want to speak about, which I said last year, and I still feel it in my heart to bring it, is the thing on knowing God as your Father. And so we're going to look at a lot of scriptures, because I want to lay the scriptures for you, so that you can see the scriptures for yourself. And what we're going to do is, is that the scriptures that I'm going to give to you, the scriptures you must go over and meditate upon them, because I would like when we come next week Sunday that we would spend some time in prayer just quoting the scriptures. Even if you don't know them off by heart, but as long as you can have had them written down somewhere where you can, where you can come and quote them and speak them and say that stuff of things. Because we want to, we want to build corporately. Um, the other wants to say we must have like-mindedness. So... We need to develop the same mind in these things. The same mind. And so what we want is, is that we would go over the scriptures and we would come like on Sunday and we would come and pray these scriptures and quote these scriptures and, 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 and get this, these scriptures and these verses into our spirit, into our inner man, so that it becomes really a part of our lives. And um. I, I want to trust God for the spirit of the Father. Okay? More than the doctrine, we want the spirit of it. So that you can begin to uh, sense God as Father, experience God as Father, and not just get the knowledge of the information. Amen? Uh, that's what we want. We want the spirit of the Father. Uh, I remember years back, when I was spending time in prayer, I would be praying. And as I was praying, all I would sense is, uh, while I'm in the presence of the Lord, all I would sense is this love coming from the Father. Not from Jesus, but from the Father. Love coming from Him. And I would know, and I was getting uh, an experience with the Father. And I was, so 
there is one thing to know that God loves you. There's nothing to experience that God loves you. It makes an impact upon your heart. That it sets your heart free. Amen. So, so that's the purpose of no getting the scriptures and then coming together and then quoting the scriptures, praying the scriptures, getting it into our system. Because, you know, that's, that's what you should be doing when you're at home. You should be quoting the scriptures when you pray as well um, so that you can build it, develop your spirit, uh, build the stuff into your spirit so it becomes a part of you. And so I believe that this way we will develop a like-mindedness, getting the same focus. So I just wanted you to see there that for, for being a firstborn son, you must come to know God as your father as well. It's so important. So let's go to John 17, verse 5 and 6. I'm going to stick to notes. <laughs> we'll see later on if, if I sense to just speak freely in the other Sundays. But the reason I'm going to stick to notes is because I want to give you scriptures. And I want you to read the scriptures. And I want you to see it for yourself. Because I want to establish you in the scriptures, in the word. So that you know that what I'm saying to you is coming from, from the Lord. Uh, 17, John 17, verse 5 and 6. Okay. Now here, verse 5, he says, And now, O Father, glorify Thou me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name unto the men which you have given me out of the world. Thine they were, and you gave them unto me, and they have kept your word. Now, Jesus says, I have manifested your name. I have manifested your name unto the men which you gave me out of the world. So, you, you need to ask yourself a question like I asked myself a question. When did Jesus ever take his disciples, sit them down? If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And Jesus said, you know what? I want to tell you about the name of God. Is there anybody that can remember a scripture like that? Where he sat down and said, I want to tell you about the name of God. And here Jesus says, and he's praying to God and he says, I have manifested your name unto the disciples, the men that you have given to me. And I thought to myself, now what name was he talking about? What name is it that he manifested unto the, the disciples, the 12 apostles that Jesus had with him? It's important to understand, to get the revelation of that. You have to understand what was, what was the purpose of man? Remember last year, before, uh, when we closed off, I asked you that question, that the, Lord, the question the Lord asked me. Remember, I'll just say it again. The question that the Lord asked me is, if, if it was never his plan for Adam to die, that's why he said, don't eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, otherwise you will die. So God then didn't want him to eat from the tree, so God didn't want him to die. So if he never ate from the tree and never died, when would he have then gone to heaven? Because how do you go to heaven? You die. Then you go to heaven. Amen? That's why we preach at the funeral. He is now in the yamal. He is in the bitter black tabua. You understand? So... In other words, your door to heaven then is death. 
But if Adam was not going to die, let's say he, just for example, let's say he never ate from the tree, then he wouldn't have died. He would have been eating from the tree of life and would be living. So he wouldn't die. When would he go to heaven? So then God's purpose was not for you to go to heaven. God's purpose was for you to rule on earth. That's why he put man on the earth and said, have dominion over the earth. Genesis 1 verse 26. And then the other question was, the other question was, if Adam never sinned, then there would be no sickness, there would be no death, there would be no poverty, there would be no rejection, there would be no uh, sexual immorality, there would be none of these things, that poverty, you wouldn't have poverty, you wouldn't be struggling with these things if Adam never sinned. So, if those things weren't there, let's say Adam never sinned. Right? met me. Let's say Adam never sinned. Then there would be no sickness, no poverty, no death, no rejection, no orphan spirit upon you. Nothing of those type of things. You would be, you would be probably in harmony, in unity with God. You would be flowing, walking in the spirit. You'd be, you'd be the manifestation of God. You'd be the glory of God would be with you because that's what he said. Um, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you would visit him. You've made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. We would have been crowned. Crown doesn't mean a crown on your head. It means to be clothed with glory. You would have the glory of God all around you. You'd be walking around. You'd be feel so close to God. You wouldn't have any problems. Now, if Adam never sinned, and today in the church, if we say, what is your purpose? Then you say, no, to heal the sick. What is your purpose? No, to, to minister to the youth. What is your purpose? No, it is to, to speak to all the prostitutes. What is your purpose? No, it is to, is to teach is to break people out of poverty. What is your purpose? No, deliverance ministry, casting out demons. What is your purpose? No, to you understand? It's always the restoration of things that we focus upon. Right? Now, if there was nothing to restore because Adam didn't sin, how would Adam define his purpose? What would be the reason for his existence? You see what I'm saying? So what is then the reason for Adam's existence, for the existence of man? Why did God create man if he didn't want him to sin? And if he didn't sin, he would have been living. He would have been living in a world that doesn't have anything to restore. Nothing to heal. No demons to cast out. No re orphans to restore into sonship. No... No people who are feeling rejected and unloved. No one to bring healing to the brokenhearted. No brokenhearted to heal. How would he define his purpose? You see, because why did God create man? Let us make man in our... So that image doesn't necessarily have anything to do with healing or casting out devils or healing the brokenhearted, or any of those type of things, it has simply to do with revealing God. Just stick with me. So, God, so when God said, let us make man in our image, He was saying, let us make man 
the, the people who will reveal us. Because what does Colossians 1 say? That Christ is the image of the invisible God. Right? Christ is the image of the invisible God. So if Christ is the image of the invisible God, that means that God is invisible and the image makes God visible. Okay? Ons het al daar gepraat, so jylle is behoort samen met te wees. So, so when we talk, that's why Christ is the image. That's why Christ came and revealed God. Okay? So, in other words, all God wanted you to do then was discover Him and then reveal Him. Discover Him, reveal Him. See Him, come to know Him, and then reveal Him. Right? So now, that purpose, even though Adam sinned, that purpose still is there for you. So let's take it like this. So now if you have someone who is sick, the purpose is not to heal the sick. The purpose is to reveal God as above sickness. It's so that people can get to know God heals. It's not to heal the sick. It is so that you know that God heals. Who is God? He's a healer. You're revealing God as healer. You see, you're revealing God as provider. You're revealing God as Jehovah Nissi, my banner. His banner over me is love. It, it is more the revealing of God than it is the restoration of the broken. So as God is revealed, people get healed. As God is revealed, people get restored. But it was not the restoration, it was the revealing of God that is after. So, if you focus then on revealing God, and not so much on the healing or the, 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 the restoration of removing poverty, it is more the revelation of who God is. Do you understand that? It's more the revelation. You, you were created to reveal God. You, listen, that was the reason for creating you. So if God is love, God would love to reveal himself to you as love. So that you, wherever there is rejection, you would manifest God who is love. And then those who are rejected will get restored. Do you see that? God wants you to be the revelation of who he is. The manifestation of who he is. So, if you understand that that is the reason for your existence, then you look through the Bible, and now, now, take a, now let's see. Let's take a look at some things here. Let's go to your Genesis 17 verse 1. Let me just show you. Genesis 17 verse 1. You guys understood what I said there. It's a fine adjustment. 
that you make. It's just a fine adjustment. So, so, if, so if you go to the orphans, the people that are wounded, rejected, and you go there to reveal love. You go there to reveal God. And when you reveal God, those who are struggling with that, they get healed. They get restored. Genesis 17 verse 1, it says, And when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, okay, that's 99, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So, so what does God, what is God going to do? God is going to reveal himself to man. And then as he reveals himself to man, man then will reveal the revelation of God that he got so here, through Abraham's life, we came to know God as Almighty God. But Abraham needed to get that revelation of God, that He is Almighty. So that he could declare that God is Almighty God. So when God wants to reveal Himself, what does He do? He looks for His creation. He looks for the man that He created to be in His image. Do you understand? He looks for you and he wants to reveal himself to you so that through you he can reveal himself to others. So God, and now you see there's that word, the Lord appeared to Abraham. Now remember what we said, I think sometime last year, we said if, if God says that you must be his image, that means that God must reveal himself to you. Because you cannot be his image if he doesn't reveal himself to you. So that means God does want to give you an experience or a revelation of who he is. You don't need to, you don't need to look in the Old Testament and say, Oh, I wish I was Moses. Because in the New Testament... It should be happening to all of us. Colossians chapter 1. To whom God would make known to the saints. What is the riches of his glory? Which is Christ in you the hope of glory. So he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants it to be made known to the saints. Who is Christ in you the hope of glory. He wants to give you that revelation. He does not only want Paul to come and say. To God who from my mother's womb ordained to reveal his son in me. He also wants to reveal his son in you. He also wants to manifest his son out of you. And so you need to understand that God does want to reveal himself. God does want to show himself to you. He does. So here you see that Abraham had a revelation and through Abraham's life we know God as God Almighty. Now let's go to, what's the other one here? I got Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. Now Exodus chapter 3 is where God reveals himself to Moses. Moses meets God. Has an experience with God. Uh, verse 13, he says, And Moses said unto God, 
Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So Moses gets now a different revelation of who God is. Abraham knew God Almighty. But Moses comes years later and he gets a different revelation of who God is. And, he's, and God says to him, I am that I am. Which means I will become whatever I need to become. That's why in the wilderness, when they needed bread, he became the bread. When they needed water, he was the water. That's why in the New Testament, he has become I am that I am. He is everything that you ever need him to be. He's your wisdom, your sanctification, your redemption, your righteousness, the word, your life, the bread, the food, your sacrifice. He's everything you wanted him to be. He has become I am that I am to you. I will become whatever you need me to become. If you need wisdom, I will be your wisdom. If you need sanctification, I will be your sanctification. You need forgiveness for sins, I will be it. He has become I am that I am to us. Do you understand? So Moses sees this thing, I am that I am. And, God, and he says, who must I say? Abraham would say God. If Abraham would have gone to somebody and said, God Almighty sent me. Almighty God sent me. But Abraham won't, Moses won't say Almighty God. He will say, the I am sent me. That's his revelation of God. And then that is the revelation that God wants Israel to know. Because Moses is going to reveal the I am to the Israelites so that they can be introduced to I am that I am. So that they can also come to the revelation of God as I am that I am. That's why Paul, his revelation, he was preaching to the saints. Because he got a revelation of Christ in him, the hope of glory, and now he wanted the saints to know the riches of this glory, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He wanted you also to get that revelation that he got. You see that? Okay, so God reveals himself. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6, verse 2. Let's read from verse 1 to 3. Then the Lord said unto Moses, How shall you see what I will do? Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let, shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this land. And God spoke unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And, and I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them? You see how God says, certain generations didn't have a revelation of who I am revealing to you now. Moses, they didn't know this revelation that you are getting of me now. They knew me as God Almighty, but I am showing you that I am Jehovah. Do you see that? The purpose, the reason for your existence is so that God can reveal himself to you and then you reveal God to others. That's why you need a relationship with God. 
That's why you need a relationship with God. That's why you need God. You need God to reveal Himself to you. It is for you. So, so what I'm saying here is, I'm trying to answer the, 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 the question in, in, in John chapter 17. Amen. John chapter 17. Father, I have manifested your name unto them. The men that you have given me. So we have to understand that. So what was the revelation that the son brought of God? Father. Because the son of God brought a revelation of who God is. And his revelation to the people was God is Father. So, he does not mention Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider, but the Father is a provider. You see, he does not mention Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, and then in the book of Psalms, his banner over me is love. But he reveals the Father, but the Father is love. He, he wants to introduce you to God as Father. You see, because he never sat them down and, and said, I want to speak to you about this name of God, Father. But many times when he spoke, he would say, when you pray, say, our Father. Do not worry about tomorrow because your father takes care of you. How many times did he not mention that word father? It's just in John 17, the previous verse, I think verse 4, he says, Father now glorify. Father glorifies. He uses that word father so many times. He didn't say Jehovah. He didn't say Jehovah Nisi. I call upon your name. No. Father. He would call out Father. That was what he wanted to reveal. And then he also did not only just speak about Father, he revealed the Father. So he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He that has seen me. So he was revealing his revelation, who he was. And so the name Father was reserved or was kept for Christ to reveal. Because only a son can reveal a father. A servant can't. A servant will only know a master. A boss. But a son will know the father. That's why the father only shows himself as father through a son. Because a son has come to know the father. That's how, that's how you come into your sonship because you are now being introduced to the Father. You are now coming to know the Father. You are being fathered. You are now getting the Spirit of the Father coming to you. And you are beginning to feel the Father, experiencing the Father. And so you are stepping into your sonship. Your sonship becomes a reality. Amen. So, just, just to confirm it, to give you the scriptures, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3. I remember 
last year when the Lord started sharing, was driving in the car, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just said to me, you cannot know God as Father through Moses. You can only know Him as Father through the Son. And I said, wow. And then, I said, I want some scriptures. <laughs> even if the Lord drops a thought into my mind, exuk scriptures. Because it might just be me having that thought. And then he only gave me the scriptures a couple of weeks later when I was flying to Cape Town on the airplane. Oh, that was a lekker dag As I know alleen was ook heel dag geheilet. Maar ek het gevoel, dit was net awesome. Terwijl ek daar sit te buis toe, is die Heere daar so, en hy gee my net all of a sudden die scriptures. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 5. It says here, let, let's, let's read from verse 1. He says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Speaking about Moses. So, for this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily, here's the scripture, verse 5, and Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Now verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house. But whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? So here we see that God says in his word, then Moses was a servant. But Christ was a son over his own house. So in other words, that tells you that Moses did not get the revelation of God as father. But the son had the revelation of God as father. So Moses was not called a son. Moses was called a servant but Christ is called a son who served so as a son Christ served us Moses did not get a revelation of God as father because he was a servant only a son can reveal the father Only a son can reveal the Father. Remember what Sean said? He said, the doctrine of Christ. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. You will read how many times does, does in the book of 1 John, the book of 1 John, where John will say, he that has the Son has the Father. If you're fellowshipping with the Son, you're fellowshipping with the Father. Because when you have the Son, you have the Father. You have both. Okay? So, here we see this. Now let's go to John chapter 14. 
Like I say, I must give you the scriptures because we're building it. Because if you share it with somebody else, they listen to you, klom fra fra. Fra Felix. No fra, klom fra. John 14. Verse, verse 5. Let's read from verse 5. He says, Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not where you are going. How can we know the way? Where is he going? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So what was one of the reasons that Jesus came? Was to bring you to the Father. Was so that you can come to know God as Father. Then he reads on you, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Father, I have manifested your name. I have manifested your name. They have seen me. They have seen the Father. Okay, so it's coming to know God as Father. Verse 8, Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it suffers us or allow us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you and yet you have not known me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how do you say then, show us the Father? The Son reveals the Father. You've got to go through the Son to the Father. Right? So, only the Son, you got, listen, that's what I want to say, only the Son reveals the Father. A servant does not reveal the Father. Moses cannot show you the Father because he did not come to know God as Father. That's why he never became a son. He stayed a servant because he wasn't introduced to Father. So he couldn't become a son. Because if he was introduced to a father, he would have became a son. You see that? So, for example, if, if, if my wife and myself would decide to adopt a child, I mean, what use? We adopt a child and the child gets never introduced to the parents. He only knows the brothers or the sisters. I mean, is it not pointless? Doesn't Ephesians chapter 3, let's read Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So God is the Father of this family. Shouldn't you then be introduced to the Father? Shouldn't you then come to know the father of this family? But most believers only know the Lord Jesus Christ. They haven't been introduced 
to the Father. You need to be introduced. You need to come to know. You need to come to experience. That's why I'm saying to you, we need to take the scriptures and we need to pray them. We need to read over them. We need to meditate upon them. We need to come. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to get this thing into our spirit because our sonship is dependent upon knowing God as Father. It is important to know God as Father. Amen. So, Go with me to Galatians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1 to 7. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. It says here, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So why did God send His Son? God sent His Son to redeem you from the law, so that you can come out from under the law, so that you can no longer be a servant, but that you can become a son. Let's read on verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. These, these sons are crying, Abba, Father. You see, they're being introduced to the Father. Because... If God has, through Christ, has made you sons, now He wants to give you the spirit of His Son so that you can cry, not Jesus, Father. That's what the verse says. So you can cry, Abba, Father. Then verse 7, Wherefore you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. In other words, as long as you remain a servant... You cannot become an heir of what is God's. So God had to make you a son so that you can get the inheritance. He has to make you a son so that the inheritance that he promised through Abraham, he could give it to you. Because he does not give his inheritance to servants, he gives it to sons. That's why he says, if you are no longer a servant, you are a son. Right? You are a son. And if you are a son, then you are an heir of God. So why does he want you to be a son? Because he wants you to step into your inheritance. Now we have the problem that people are going back to Moses. They love being slaves. They love slavery. They want to be servants. They don't want to be sons. They want to serve God through Moses. They want to earn their own righteousness. They want to earn their salvation. They want to work for it. They don't want to believe in Christ. Step into sonship. Knowing God as Father. So now people keep going back to Moses. Going back to Moses. If you read, uh, what is it? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse, let's read here from verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So why have you received the Holy Spirit? To bear witness to you that you are a child of God. A child of God. So, and now the, the previous verse said, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, if you read that verse in the context of your Romans, I mean, you've got Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. What is the book of Romans? Law versus grace. So what is the spirit of bondage again to fear? The law of Moses. So if you keep going back to Moses to try and know God through Moses without being introduced to God as Father, you will produce in yourself the spirit of bondage to fear. He's bound for the era. You don't know how to approach him. You're scared of him. Because you're watching him through Moses, you think he might wipe you out. You think he doesn't Because you are not now beholding the glory of God through the face of Jesus Christ. But you are still looking at the face of Moses. If you put yourself back to the law of Moses, you yourself are putting yourself under the curse. What is the curse of the law? The curse of the law, he says, cursed is every man that continues not in all the things that are said in this law. So what is the curse? The curse is that you can't do it all. Cursed is every man that continues not in everything that is written in the law. Must one. Jason and Mulakait. And we are not the other 200 gedoen. But not one. Must on net. Jason and Mulakait. You're in trouble. It's a curse. Now you do that one. Now you miss the other one on this side. Now you focus on this one. Now you do it. Then you miss the other one here. You do it, then you miss the other one there. That's a curse. I can't do it. So he brings you out of the curse into Christ, the blessing of Abraham, so that by faith, what's the blessing of Abraham? I believe and I get righteousness credited to me. Now I don't have to do them all. I am righteous, born again righteous. Grace produces sons. The law of Moses produces slaves, servants. Grace will produce sonship. That's why I remember to crucify the flesh is not to crucify your son. Remember that? Crucify the flesh, brother. No, crucify a life that constantly wants to live under the law of Moses. Fear. Weier om onder Moses te kom. Ek bly onder die gezag van Jesus Christus. 
I live in grace, not in the law. Stay in grace and you will produce sonship because the purpose of grace was to produce a son out of you. A firstborn son. Knowing God as Father is so important because if you don't come to know God as Father, you understand, you can't come into the, the, we can't come into the fullness of our sonship. We can't come and really stand as sons. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 and then verse 18. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you sometimes were far off, were made near by the blood of Christ. Okay, so you weren't part of the family, you were far away. But now in Christ, you have been brought closer. But now in verse 18, he says, for through him, that's Christ, we both have access. Who's both? That's the Jew and the Gentile. Have access by one spirit unto the Father. So Christ came to give you access by the Spirit to the Father. Why did He give you the Holy Spirit? So that you may know the things that are in the heart of God. He gave you the Holy Spirit that you may know the heart of God. It's in 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 2. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart things that God has prepared for him. But it is revealed unto us by his Spirit. And he says, and no man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man. Even so, no man knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And God has given you the Spirit, his Spirit, that you may know the things that are freely given to you. That is why God gave you the Spirit. So that you may know the things that are in the heart of God. That you may know His will. You may come to discover His heart. So that you can be a man after God's heart. Because you are discovering His heart. You are knowing what is in His heart. He gave the Spirit to you so that you may discover what is in the heart of God. Come to know God as Father. That's why we read it, we read it earlier in, in the book of Galatians chapter 4 he says he he sent his son to redeem us from the law that we might receive the adoption of sons that we may no longer be slaves but that we may be sons and he wants therefore and because you are sons he has given to you the spirit of his son what is spirit of his son Spirit of his son. Think about the spirit of Elijah. If I talk about the spirit of Elijah, what am I saying? I'm saying that that anointing, because remember, remember Elisha? Elisha? Elisha got the mantle of Elijah. And when the mantle fell on him, everyone said the spirit of Elijah is upon Elisha. So what were they saying? That same anointing that was upon Elijah that made him prophesy, that made him do supernatural things for God, that helped him to stand in his office as a prophet. That same anointing, that same spirit is now upon Elisha 
So in other words, Elisha is going to function like Elijah. Now he says in the New Testament, he has given to you the spirit of his son. In other words, he has now given you the same spirit that was upon his son. That made his son be a son in the earth. That made him do the stuff he did. He says he put the same spirit in you. Why? So that you can produce the sonship. So that you can produce the nature. So that you can become a son. As many as has believed him to them gave he power to become sons of God. Power to become sons. The spirit of his son is the power to become a son. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the spirit of his son. That spirit, the spirit of God in you wants to produce in you sonship. Wants to make you think like a son. Wants to make you act like a son. Behave like a son. Walk like a son. Cause you to come to know God as your father. The spirit of his son you have received. Amen. You understanding? Let's go to John chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. Maybe we should just read it from verse... Let's read from verse, to, uh, verse 11. Verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Do you see there? He gave you power to become sons of God. If you believe on him, why does he want to give you power? What is the purpose of power there? To become sons of God. Now the word there in the Greek is exousia and not dunamis. Exousia in the Greek means authority. It means the right. So if you believe on him, he gives you now the right to become sons of God. He gives you the authority to act like a son. In other words, your sonship is in your hands. It's in your authority. You choose if you want to be like a son or if you want to act like an orphan. Choose it. Because he said, if you believe, I give you the authority, the power. It's in your hands. You choose if you want to act like a son or an orphan. It's in your hands. Remember that's why last year I said to you, don't fight with God, fight with yourself. Fight with your own head. You've got to cut off the orphan spirit. So that Sean for me said, sometimes the orphan spirit wants to creep in. I have to cut it off. I, I had to be the one who says I'm not an orphan, I'm a son. I had to be the one who tell, I had to take the authority that he gave me to become a son and say, hey, I refuse to be an orphan. I am a son. God is my father and he will take care of me. I chose, I took the authority because the authority is in my hands. The authority is in your hands. You choose if you want to be a son or not. 
You choose if you want to cry on the floor and say, God, why aren't you taking care of me? Or you choose to stand up and say, my father is going to take care of me. It's your choice. It's a simple choice that you make. And you know what, what I've come across? What I've come across with, with, with us as saints, us as children of God, is we have forsaken the thing of praying scriptures. Oh, I'm telling you, we have forsaken praying scriptures. Jesus Come on, a son quotes scriptures on the things that he's battling with. Orphans, don't quote scriptures, orphans cry. Orphans cry because God is not coming through. You spend most of your prayer time crying about the stuff that's not coming through for you. But you don't stand up and quote scriptures. To address the stuff that you are experiencing. I've seen it in my own life. In the beginning when I gave my heart to the Lord. Hey, the Lord taught me to quote scriptures. Hey, I was quoting scriptures. They used to love to ask me for Tuesday night spiritual warfare. They wanted JP to pray. Because they knew JP can skrifte. Men ek die skrifte rol uit my mond uit. En ek gaan en and the more I quote those scriptures, the more the guys, yeah, yes, amen, hallelujah. And the spiritual warfare, then I start and say, hey, and then I say, put on the whole armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth. Hey, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel. Of, and having done all the standing, everybody's getting excited because I'm quoting scriptures. And, and, and I used to pray a lot like it. But then over the years, I found myself quoting the scriptures here. Because the struggles and the battles make you focus on the struggles. Make you focus upon the problems. Takes the scriptures out of your mouth and puts the tears to run down your face. Oh Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Listen, he gave you power to become a son. He said that is in your hand. The authority is in your hands. That's why if you don't rebuke God, doesn't rebuke it for you. If you don't, because our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or even ask according, that's how the scripture goes, ends, according to the power that works in us. Oh, God only does far above your mind according to the power you let work through you. That's why the Bible says we are co-workers with Him. We work with God. The Bible said with God all things. It didn't say without God. It didn't say by God by Himself. It says with God all things are possible. It's you and God that make all things possible. It's you and God that will split the Red Sea. It's you and God that will make water come out of a rock. It's you and God that will make manna come down from heaven. It's you and God that will split the river Jordan. It's you and God. It's not God alone. He gave you power to become a son. He gave you power to take, to take the right to act as a son. What are you doing with it? You've got to take the right and say, I am a son. 
You, you see, you see, because we've got the idea that God must do it. God says, I put the authority in your hands. As a belief. Because God would love to take that devil on that's taking you on. God would love to flatten that devil that's messing around with you. But he's, that's why he's got to keep speaking to you. Hey man, you're a son. Just come on, grow strong. Come on, believe in yourself. So you can stand up and then you turn and say, Hey man, then you say, and then God says, Hallelujah, devil, trap up Joe. How long must I wait for you? How long must I wait for you to take your authority? Hmm? How long must I wait for you to realize who you are? That's why if you read, go read Psalm 89 again. Go read Psalm 89 again. It talks about the anointing of David. He says there, I will beat his foes down. Let's just read it, man. Psalm 89. The anointing of David is to beat that devil down. Psalm 89. Verse, verse 19. Psalm 89 verse 19. Then you spoke in a vision to your Holy One and said, I have laid help upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant with my holy oil oil have I anointed him with whom my hands shall be established my arms shall also strengthen him the enemy shall not exact upon him nor the son of wickedness afflict him I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him so he looks he go look for a man he puts his spirit upon him and he's in him and he, and he, and he parts into this guy Boldness. He imparts to this guy identity. He lets this guy know who he is. So that when this, so that through this guy, God will beat down his foes. God not going to beat down your foes if you don't beat him down yourself also. God's not going to not address your devil if you don't address that devil with God. Unless you, unless you and God Deal with that thing in your life. That thing will stay there. While you on your knees crying. <laughs> go, go to the book of James. Go to the book of James. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. You see, some things in your life, they won't leave you. Until NJ Cray here. You've got so many people praying for you. You've got the mightiest healing evangelist and he prayed for you and he didn't go. You asked this guy and that guy and you're so tired of asking and you're saying, God, why? Who say? Kitang gebed. What does the scripture say? I don't know in, in one of those I don't know if it's Zechariah or one of those books. It says God is going to and fro through the earth, searching for whose heart is wholly turned towards Him, that He may show Himself strong. You see, He's looking for someone whose heart is turned wholly towards Him, that He may through that one show Himself strong.
wants to show himself strong. He wants to show himself mighty. See, are you guys seeing it now? You see, we keep thinking, by, by God alone all things are possible. That's actually how you read the scripture. When you read it with God, all things are possible, then you think God alone will do it. But you forgot that it's with God. With God. Didn't say God alone shall do the impossible. It say with God. I want to yeah, it's James. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Read here. We say verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Now I ask you, from verse 13 to verse 16, did he once say, ask God? Did one of those verses say, when you pray for the sick, ask God to heal him? I have noticed people that, that operate in healings and miracles, I have noticed as I've watched them, that they, they don't ask God. I have noticed that they know God is with them to heal the sick. So what they do is, they just address, they speak to the mountain. Verse, verse 17, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. You know Elijah? I say, like passions. Maybe in a different. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, let and one convert him, let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save the soul from death, shall hide a multitude of sins. So in other words, he, again, Elijah, if you go read the story of Elijah, Elijah didn't ask God. Elijah just went down and he said, it's time for rain. He prayed and the rain came. As many as have believed on him, gave ye the authority the right to become sons. He gave you the right to act like a son. He gave you the right to address your issues with him. Jesus in the wilderness, tempted by the devil, three different temptations. Never ask God to remove the devil. Jesus never asked God to remove the devil from him. I think that's why God had a problem with Paul. Paul, my grace is sufficient. Why are you asking me to remove this messenger from you? You speak to the thing. 
I gave you the power, the authority. Because the Bible says he asked God three times to remove this thing from him. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. He didn't remove the thing for him. He wanted Paul to speak to it. He wanted Paul to deal with it by the grace that is in him. So what was God saying to Paul? He said, the answer is inside of you. The answer is inside of you. It's Christ, the hope of glory. Sonship. Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? God wants you to rule. But you must take it. You see, that's why if you've got the wrong image, you can't exercise dominion. God said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. In other words, if the image is right, the dominion flows. But when you're an orphan, you cry, you're asking God, and so on. And then what happens? What happens? You don't exercise dominion. You don't exercise your authority as a son. Because the image is not right. Because that's why, that's why knowing, that's why grace is important. That's why knowing that you are forgiven for your sins is important. Because you are not going to feel it's with God. You are not going to feel that God is with you if you are battling with guilt. You are not going to operate as a son if you're feeling the condemnation in your heart. You've got to get it finally out. You see, that's why I said to you before Sean came, the one Sunday I said, listen, you've got to go with what God already said to you. Jesus didn't get fresh revelation in his wilderness. He used scriptures that were already said. What has God taught you already? Did he teach you that you are not guilty? Did he teach you that you are justified by faith? Did he teach you that there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh and but according to the spirit? But what is the flesh? The flesh is going back to the law where you keep trying to earn your salvation, when you keep wanting to be so righteous. Walk by the spirit. He is my righteousness. That is to walk in the spirit. He is my righteousness. So if you're still battling with the guilt, you're not going to address your devil. You are not going to address it. If you're still feeling guilty, you are not going to address, you are not going to take the authority that he put into your hands and use it to be a son. You are not going to use it. Because you've got no confidence that God is with you. You've got no belief that God is with you to do it. God is there. The devil's on my case and I'm alone. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. You understand? Mark it clear. We don't, it, 
That's why I said, if you're going to constantly look, if you're constantly going to look for God must say now to you, you know you made a mistake. You asked him to forgive you. Now, you want someone to come and say, the Lord says, I love you. And that mistake you made, you're forgiven. Don't carry it anymore. Do you know what's going to happen? The next time you fall, guaranteed you will make a mistake. Banja is human. You're going to make a mistake. Guaranteed, you won't be able to stand. You will not be able to stand. You must go with what God has already said to you. What God has already taught you. Those scriptures you must use. He already said, and that's why you say, You cannot exercise your sonship if you are still feeling guilty. How do you sort it out? How do you get that guilt away? Don't ask God to forgive you again because you already asked Him many times. Go to the scriptures that said, I am the Lord God gracious. I'm slow to anger, but I'm so quick to forgive. Start walking there and say, you are slow to anger and quick to forgive. You said that I am justified by faith. And I have peace with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And you say also, you gave yourself that you might redeem us from all iniquity. And then you also say, in you I have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins through your blood. Your blood ransomed me. That's why you say in the book of Peter, you say, I, I, we were not redeemed with silver and gold from our vain behavior, but by the precious blood of the Lamb. It is for this reason that Christ was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Therefore, I shun all youthful lusts and I flee from all evil. I aim at and pursue righteousness in Christ Jesus for he having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. He shall deliver me from every evil work. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, O oh my God, is my refuge and my fortress. In him will I trust, in him will I rely. A thousand at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. It shall not come near me. Yes. I shall not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness. He shall give his angels charge over me. Come on, you got to quote the scriptures, man. Like as if you're preaching. That was all just scriptures. Hallelujah. You see, the problem is we... We have become so focused upon our issues that we've taken the word, that the devil has stolen the word of God out of your mouth to address your problems. He shall preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. 
as he is, so am I in this world. Having been created in all righteousness and true holiness, I am seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I believe in him and he gave me the power to become a son of God. Speak it. That's why I said to you, you got to get these scriptures into your heart. And you see, I'm not, I'm not even talking to God. This, this is how you deal with your orphan mind. This is how you deal with your orphan mind. You walk in your room or you lie on the floor. However, you lie on the bed. You sit. Yesterday I was, I was watering the grass. So I took that small little chair, you know that, for the kids. And I sat on the grass, took the hosepipe made, and I said, I can do you Scriptures, God. Quote those scriptures. I want to build something into my spirit. Sit there. My friend had slept. Kinders was in the bed. I was moog. But we had to water the grass. And I said, okay, I'm going to take it. We're going to quote scriptures now. Quote scriptures. Five hours. Oh, I think I'm... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said three No, it is three hours. Sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking five o'clock. Three hours. Three hours. Just over and over. And then I go, Karaba Shantiri. And then I say, okay, let's do this again. Over and over and over. You're getting into your spirit. You. You. Listen. And that's what I'm telling you. On the Kira stories. You, you, we're blaming God for stuff that He's not doing. Our minds, our oftenness. You need to go in your room and you need to quote scriptures that you are a son of God. That I was redeemed from the law. Galatians chapter 4. I having been redeemed from the law that I might be adopted as sons. And because I'm a son, he gave me the spirit of his son that I might cry above Father. You gave your spirit that you may bear witness that I'm a child of God. And whoever is led by the spirit are sons of God. God, I have the spirit of you. I have your spirit. I'm a son. You speak that until it gets into you and it then starts not to come out of your head, it starts to come out of your spirit. And when you start to come out of your spirit, then the book of James will say, the devil will flee from you. It's then resist the devil. Don't ask God. What does the scripture say? It didn't say ask God to remove the devil. It said resist the devil and he shall flee from you. So, these are extras, I'm telling you, because that's not in my notes. But God wants you to know that you've got power to be a son. You've got authority to be a son. Oh man, you've got to warfare with your mind. I'm telling you, your mind plays tricks on you. Hey, he'll make you think stuff. 
You lie there on the bed, home alone. As donker, groot huis. So, down the aisle, is there something there? Je wil nie met jou rug slaap. Weet ek, kom kry iets jou hierachter. Kom, ek draai so. Kijk, ek kom daar af. Tot ek aan die slaap raak. Dan vergeet ek van die story. I'm uh, speaking out of experience. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. Ek ken hom net so. Jura, ek kan quote those scriptures. All in the mind. All in the mind. Let's end off with Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1 and 2. Dus ek het hier as Johannes klaar gelees hier. The scripture I actually wanted to read, I never read. Ok, but let's just go to Hebrews chapter 1. I prophesied to you. Did you get the word? Yes. You got the word? Yes. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God who had sundry times and in diverse manners spoken times passed unto the fathers by the prophets. As in his last day spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So, through whom is God speaking now? He's now speaking through son. He's speaking through son. God wants to speak through sons, so that people can come to know the father. The father. The father. The father. Okay, let's finish that one in John and then so the reason why I gave you the scriptures is because I want you to see that if you want to know the Father, ask the Son. Moses is producing in you the spirit of bondage again, again to fear. But if you're Christ-centered, you will come to know that you are children of God. John chapter 1, verse 16. And of his fullness have we all received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. Listen to that. No, God has, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. The word for declare there means to unfold. So reveal. So the Son is declaring the Father. God as Father. God as Father. Uh, so God wants you to know Him as Father. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with that understanding that Jesus came to reveal the Father, now you go and see how many times He's talking about the Father. Your Father knows you have need. Before you ask, your Father. Your father feeds birds. When you pray, say, oh, Father. That's in Matthew chapter 6. Just go read Matthew chapter 6, just that one chapter, and see how many times Father comes up. 
Well, we'll get to that chapter. You just go and read how many times the Father, the Father. And God wants you to know Him as Father. That's why David told you. Because remember, the Bible says that David found grace in his sight. You know, you know that? The Bible says David found grace in God's sight. In other words, he found grace. He found, he discovered the time that we are living in. That's why he spoke about it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when Jesus was on the cross. Psalm 110 verse 1. Then the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool. That's when he rose from the dead. He went and sat at the right hand. He found grace. And that's why when God sent Nathan, the prophet, he said, <laughs> he said to him, go and tell David that I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And this talking about the seed of David. Christ is the seed of David. And when he came, God was his father and he became the son. To reveal to us God as Father. Pray about these things. Get it in. When you pray, ask the Lord. Say, God, we want to come to know the Spirit of the Father. The Spirit of the Father. We want to go beyond the information and go into the experience. Amen? Let us meet me. The Spirit of His, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of His Son, the experiencing, knowing deep down. That's why the book of John says, First John says, we have known and believed the love that God has towards us. So we want to go beyond knowing and come into the place of believing so that, so that, so that we can experience what we know. Do you see that? Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just pray that that, that really we would come to know you as Father. And I pray that as we get to know you and believe you as Father, we would begin to experience the Spirit of the Father and then we would begin to experience the adoption or that we are sons. And as we experience it, Father, we will stand as sons and, and take up our authority, knowing that you are for us, knowing that you gave your son for us, that no one else can condemn us in your presence. So Father, I just pray in this time that as we speak about this, I pray that we would get the revelation of the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You need to ask God, you need to ask God to give you the revelation of the Father. I know I'm preaching about it. 
I'm preaching it, but until you get a revelation of what I'm preaching, you're not going to get it. Remember what Sean said? Christ is revealed. He's not preached. But we have to preach Him so that He can be revealed to you. So while we're preaching, you should get the revelation. So the thing here is, Father, give me the revelation. God, give me the revelation of you as Father. I want to get the revelation. Amen? Amen. 